Recording and streaming. Boo! <laughs> I, as you know, for all of those who watch, like every week, I just say a little prayer because sometimes uh, <laughs> the technology gnomes get the best of me. And, you know, I made a, a mess up tonight with sending our wonderful guests the wrong link. But hey, it's Friday night, filter free. So giddy up. <laughs> Here we go. So uh, we never know what's going to come out. So welcome to Friday Night Feels. I am licensed mental health counselor and certified life coach, Patrick Manette. And this is a show that focuses on a variety of wellness-related issues, such as mental health, addiction, health concerns, men's issues, stress management, mindfulness, and much more. The focus of the show is to create connection and to be able to talk about issues that affect all of us and how to be the healthiest versions of ourselves that we can be. Each show, I invite a guest on to join with me and share their experiences of healing, wellness, and overall well-being. And our wonderful guest tonight, I'm so excited, Oh, uh, is Wendy Bergen. Did I say that correctly? You did. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I get points. You win. You win the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been so excited for Wendy to come on. Um, excuse me, Wendy is a regular mom with a husband, a bunch of kids whom she homeschools, some dogs who we might hear, (laughs) the founder of Joyfully Prepared, and the host of the Joyfully Prepared podcast. She is dedicated to teaching busy moms skills like gardening, food preservation, natural remedies, and more so that they can take care of themselves and their families through developing talents with confidence while saving money. She roll, she's rolled down the mountain of progress so many times that she has skin knees, grass in her teeth, and sticks in her hair. All of these mistakes have actually allowed her to become more confident in her knowledge and skills. Whether it's canning, gardening, emergency preparedness, or anything else, she teaches others to feel confident in learning it. So welcome to Friday Night Feels, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, it's fun. So we were chatting um, before we went live is I'm in northern New York, where um, luckily we're not getting plummeted like some parts of New York with snow. But Wendy is in a warmer state where she has sunshine and warm and (laughs) stuff like that. So we're balancing each other out of the energies. (laughs) It's kind of like that. What is it? Is it? um, Is it? Frosty the Snowman when they have the Snowmeister or the Heat Miser. Oh no, is it Frosty the Snowman or is it Rudolph the Red? It's something it's like Rudolph. that. I think it's Rudolph. You're right. Where so, it's like yeah. they have the two. So we're representing in balance, though. Which there is it cool. is. Yes. So welcome to Friday Night Feel. So Thank I mean, you. you it was funny because when we were we were messaging, um, you know, one of the things that you had said to me was, well, your your podcast seems fun, but it seems to be about mental health. And I don't mm-hmm. think that it fits in. And it just made me laugh because anybody because you don't know me, but like anybody who knows me is like Patrick and food, like they go hand in hand. <laughs> like he will somehow I will somehow pull it in. Like we could be talking about trauma, marriage. PTSD and I'm like well have you ever had this dish it really can and then the more you know that's what what's so amazing and inspiring about I feel with podcasts and and everything is you know you connect but then you really get to see someone's story and reading your experiences I'm just like okay so Wendy's going to be coming back for numerous shows people have been telling me how excited that you're coming on because everything that you talk about I have a lot of people who have said they're really interested in in the skills um Mm -hmm. canning the the preparedness so 
Uh, I hope you're ready and we're ready to rock and roll. Let's rock and roll, brother. Okay, so <laughs> tell me about, you know, you you do so many great things. So how many how many kids and dogs are we talking here? So I have seven children. Okay. I have a husband and right now we have three dogs. Um, <laughs> we have one chicken that is supposed to be laying eggs because we lost a hawk and a fox got our other chickens. So that's oh sad. Gosh. It's the it's just the circle of life, unfortunately. My husband mm. left the door open to the chicken run, so that's what happened. <laughs> oh, honey. Um, you know, <laughs> it's very so. sad. I'm like, okay. And then we just um, <laughs> put in the barn, we have 40 meat chickens that we're going to be pasture raising oh. in the next couple, well, few weeks. That's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and so, and you had mentioned that you, in, in your, um, in your bio, you talked about homeschooling. Have you always done homeschooling with the children or is that new? Uh, no, I've homeschooled. I think it's, we're at 14 years now, Okay, 14 or 15. Um, so yeah, we've been, we, we've been, we've been doing it. We, <laughs> I'm a really good, um, field trip mom. That's what oh. I like to do the best. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love field trips with my kids because it's so fun to go places and learn things. Uh, this last summer, I took my two youngest girls who are my last two minor children in the house. And we went on a three week cross country road trip around the country. So, oh, my gosh, that is amazing. Yeah. So it's just did they husband. love it? Uh, yeah, most of the time. Yeah, they did. <laughs> my husband doesn't like to travel. So I jump in the car and off we go. And I tell him where I want to land and he books me a, a hotel room and then we zip around and we went up through Nashville and um, from Florida up to Nashville and then across um, Iowa up to Wyoming to Shoshone National Park, which I didn't even know existed until there it was. And it was amazing. Wow! And then Yellowstone Park and then down through Idaho to Utah. Where did we go? We went to California to a Dodgers game. So we mix a little bit of historical, you know, American history with kind of pop, pop culture as well. We okay. went to the Alamo and wow. just different things like that. Yeah. What an amazing adventure. It's wonderful. It's my it's my favorite time. I I did another one with my son, who's now 20, but three years ago, March 2019, um, we did two and a half weeks cross country and we did like Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse and then down through we did um, the St. Louis Arch, some other things and and then we four corners. Uh, And then we got to see um, University of Virginia is where I grew up is in Charlottesville. And we got to go to an elite baseball basketball (laughs) game in Louisville. They won to go to the final four and then they eventually won the whole thing that Um, year. Well, it was probably because you were there. It was because, yeah, die hard. Hello. Uh you're committed I am so committed (laughs) it's funny I have a brother so I'm from northern New York um and I have a brother who lives in Virginia and so whenever the winter comes he'll always send a message of it's Thanksgiving I just went running on the beach and I'm like it's like four degrees here (laughs) is that brotherly love just he wants to share his joy with me oh what a good brother (laughs) so the the and then you know you do the homeschooling so is the in from separate to that how does that work with with your business and your podcast and I love the name joyfully prepared thank you it's so it kind of reminds me of like Julia Child a little bit like it just is that joy 
Yeah, I'm because I'm not a doomsday prepper. I'm a okay. joyful prepper. That's where that came from. I love that. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's totally I, awesome. I know. I don't believe in and the and there's enough fear in the world. There's just too much. And that's what the world kind of runs on is fear. And I'm not that girl. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in scarcity. I I mean, I still live it. I have my own issues, trust me. Um, but um, for the most part, I believe in abundance and gratitude and that there's enough for everyone and to spare. And we just need to live that way. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I named myself the Joyful Prepper. That's one I love this so and it's it's funny because you know um in being in mental health and with coaching we we talk a lot about you know trauma and 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 hope and resiliency and sometimes it's it is so hard to get bogged down with mm-hmm. the negativity and everything mm-hmm. and and I think you know in my experience when you try when you are when you you try to live that life of gratitude and and more joyful mm-hmm. um I think sometimes people think you're being disgenuine. Yes. And, and that, you know, oh, you're just living life with rosy, ro- rosy colored glasses, whatever glasses. the same, rose colored glasses on. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm, I was a little offended when they say it because it's actually really hard work. Uh-huh. It is. It, it's, it's harder than just giving into the negativity oh, and the doomsday. It is. And it's, but it's a skill. You, I, I just taught, um, I don't know, I think I did a podcast on gratitude, count your blessings. And I talk about how um, gratitude is a skill to be learned and practiced. And over time, your brain will actually gravitate towards what can I be grateful for? Right. I talk about uh, my, my livestock guardian dog passed away last April. She, she took care of the, when we lived in New Jersey, she took care of the goats and the chickens and she moved down to Florida with her. Her name is Aphrodite and she passed away and I didn't see it come in. And I remember that day I was just so sad. And I remember thinking I have nothing to be grateful for. And my brain immediately mm. stopped me and it said, yes, you do. I'm like, I don't think I do today, <laughs> you know? And my brain's like, no, let's go. And and immediately my brain took off and, and started coming up with reasons why I was grateful, not just, you know, for air conditioning and electricity, but why I loved Aphrodite and why I was grateful for her. So you, it becomes a skill. It becomes just something second nature as you practice it. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say that because I have so many conversations with people about, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about like scarcity. And it was interesting because until I had, I read one of her books, I had never, I didn't know that term. Like I didn't mm. associate with it. Yeah. And then I could, I saw it more and more in myself. And then I saw, even though, mm. you know, things were going well, there was still, when something bad did happen, it was like oh, some, you know, ingrained coping skills really just erupted yeah crazy huh (laughs) yeah yeah it is crazy so and scarcity really is just fear it's the same they're just interchangeable words it's saying it brings the same feelings to our body you know that well we don't have enough that's why we compete for things or you know whatever it may be that we um, gossip about each other or we hold each other back one way or the other um it's all based on scarcity and and these feelings of fear. Right, right. And how powerful it is when you start catching yourself. Yeah. 
100 percent you're like oh my gosh i'm there it is there, there it, it is, is. <laughs> yeah in fact i know when nowadays especially in my business there are, are people who do similar things that i do who are like far advanced in their business and i'm i'm just in the beginning i feel like mine's a little everybody has a different spin on their business regard mm-hmm. regardless if it's the same thing you know multiplied 100 times but i know sometimes they'll do a video i'm like oh, i know how to do that and, and then my heart will kind of catch this fear kind of catches in my heart like oh, and then i'll put my hand on my heart i'm like nope there's plenty for everyone. Calm mm. down, girl. That's what I say. And that's what I have to do for myself because wow. it's true. Right. Leaning into the fear doesn't do anybody any good. It's not right. going to help me create what I'm supposed to create. Right. And what I have found, I don't know your experience is when I do that comparison game, it totally invalidates like the beauty that other people see in what yeah. I'm doing <laughs> and like if I told them what was going through my head, that'd be like, well, you're just kind of crazy because that's not reality <laughs> at all. <laughs> but when those little gremlins get in there they're, oh my they're quite loud they are and you just have to tell them to shut up <clears throat> yes shut it yes they yes. have no business in your head right you no know, and so tell me a little bit more well tell me a lot more actually about your business so it, okay. I mean you you offer so many so that's completely separate from homeschooling yes okay I mean other than the fact that my children participate like they've helped me garden um I do love to can all by myself to be honest with you so they have helped a little bit but um a lot of things I just enjoy doing a lot by myself but you know but they are they're familiar with it they understand the principles by which I you know that I follow um but for the most part, I'm I'm all about self-reliance with my kids, you know, teaching them. And and I as they go grow older, I see the holes that I missed and <laughs> fill in. I'm like, uh-oh, I gotta try another. Good thing I have so many. So I can just keep trying. <laughs> so yeah, my business, um I I mean, I started um teaching people just how to can food just how to especially in New Jersey which is the garden state and there's Mm. so many wonderful foods up there and um I made friends with farmers peach farmers and tomato farmers and the funny story when I first moved we uh, we lived near Philadelphia in New Jersey and we moved from a city called Deptford down to a city called Mullica Hill which was more in the the fields and farms down there but I didn't um, know anybody down there. And on our way to church, there was this green pepper. It's not a factory, but it's like a processing plant. Like all the farmers would bring their green, their peppers to this area. I thought it was tomatoes and peppers. And so I had to figure out how to get bulk tomatoes so I could can tomato sauce. And so I went over to this, um, it turned out to be just a pepper place. And I I walked on in with one of my kids and I said, "Um, I'd like to buy some tomatoes. (laughs) They're like, well, we don't sell tomatoes here, but (laughs) if you follow this truck back to the farm, they'll, they'll be able to help you. And then I met, you know, my farmer, Tom, and he was able to help me get tomatoes for 10 years. And, you know, I, then what I would do is that I would kind of put out a broadcast. It wasn't just for me. I would put out kind of a broadcast to my friends and say, look, we can get tomatoes for this amount of money, which was ridiculously inexpensive. I think he sold us like a bushel of tomatoes for like $12 back in the day. And so, you know, you're, you can't not 
buy those and process them because they were so inexpensive. Right. And so I would, I became, uh, I started helping other people find food to bring home to preserve is what I started. One of the things that I started doing back in New Jersey, I'm still working on it here in Florida, but okay. I'm sure I'll figure it out eventually. So can you explain to me about canning and preserving food? Because I, I mean, I understand the, the basic concepts of it, but it's really kind of foreign to me because it wasn't anything that I did or saw in my immediate family growing up. And it, it was just sort of, I don't want to say awe, it was just different. And, and sure. then when I became an adult, you know, I have friends now who do it. And it was, <clears throat> it's interesting because they would talk about it. And I'm like, well, that's it. Why don't you just buy it? Like why? I didn't understand. And mm -hmm. then, and then they would post pictures on Facebook and it was such an amazing, mindful, beautiful, like oh. joyous expression just yeah. to see in the pictures. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm missing. Yeah, there's something to, it's not difficult. First and foremost, canning does not require you to know how to cook. I, I had somebody talk to me, uh, in my, I have a free Facebook group and so I, somebody said something about not knowing how to cook. And I said, well, the good thing is you don't know how to cook and have to can right. because you're just taking that food and putting it in a jar and processing. So it really takes no, um, it's hard work. Like it's just, you, you gotta go, it depends on how much you're doing. Now I do way too much because that's the way I work. I'm going to get it all done in one day because I'm not moving on to another project, the same project <laughs> the next day. So I, so basically depending on what food you want to put in the jar. So if you want to, there's three different types of canning. Let me say that first. Okay. There's water bath canning, and all that is is submerging a jar of food into a boiling pot of water. Okay. And you process it for so many minutes. That's with the USDA. They they tell you what the requirements are. Okay. Depending on if it's a large jar, a quart jar, a pint jar, or a jelly jar, you process okay. it different times. So things that go into a water bath canner, excuse me, is um, like fruits because they have they're higher in acidity. So jams, fruits, um, you can do tomato sauce. You do have to add lemon juice nowadays, but um, tomatoes because it's a higher acidic food. Um, pickles because of the vinegar. Those are the ones that you're going to put in a water bath canner. Because um, what happens, so this is a very... Um, the term I'm going to use, what is the word? Official term is it kills the beasties in the jar. <laughs> the beasties. <laughs> I don't speak all that that out, that real difficult language. I love it. But it makes sense to me. I get it. Okay. Yeah. We're killing beasties, the beasties. They're beasties, yeah. whatever. It's salmonella, yeah. E. coli, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so <laughs> those higher acidic foods don't need to be under pressure at a higher temperature. So uh, what is it? 212 degrees boils water, right? right. Am I correct? We'll go with that. I'm not a scientist. Doing okay? math. Oh, no. I just play one on TV. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so that that um, temperature <clears throat> will kill the beasties in acidic, naturally acidic foods. Okay. 
Okay. okay. So then the next kind of canning is pressure canning. And okay. that's the one everybody's scared of because they think it's going to blow up and kill everybody in the whole world. That's not <laughs> what it is. It's not going to happen like that if you fall. And there's so many um, safety precautions in a canner nowadays that you're not going to blow up a canner unless you're just not following the rules right. um, of canning. So what, what that is, is another large canning vessel uh, you know, a, a pot, and then it has a top on the, and that clamps down on top of the, the pot. You put foods like meats, vegetables, um, what other things, you, you can do food, like people do sausage and peppers together or soups. So anything that's lower in acidity, mm -hmm. that will go in a pressure canner, because what happens once you clamp down that top and start the heat and plug the heat up, the steam inside of the pot will get to a higher temperature than what it would in a water water bath okay. um, situation, boiling water bath. And so it'll penetrate the jars and the food and kill the beasties in low acidic food. Okay. Does that make sense? Perfectly. Okay. Does it really? That's great. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm committed. Okay. Because, I'm, I, I'm like, I, yeah. wow. because it's funny that you mentioned the machine because I had a friend of mine who borrowed one. And um, like I was helping her move it in. I'm like, this is like, this is intimidating. <laughs> like, this is like, I don't really know what you're doing. You're canning food, but this is like a weapon, <laughs> you know? But then like, I'll use my air fryer like it's going out of style. So I mean, <laughs> of course, you know. <laughs> it's just learning to use it. It's a, it's a tool, right? <laughs> it's nothing different than right. any other kind of tool. You just have to learn You and you read when you're using a pressure canner. Just read the instructions that came with the pressure canner over and over and over again. Every time I pull that thing out, I would read the instructions again and again and again. And now I don't need to. Sometimes I need a refresher and I'll just put, I'm like, how many da da this? So I'm always, I've always got my, my little manual, the way I package everything up is I put my manual back down in my thing and clamp it back up. So it's always a part of the, the canner for me. Okay. And then the third part, the third type of canning, most people haven't really heard of this. It's called dry pack canning. And that's kind of super fun because this is the, um, you're taking dry goods like grains, wheat, corn, um, pasta, crackers, um, what other, any cereals, um, anything that doesn't have a lot of fat in it. Okay. So these dry beans are another great one. <clears throat> and you put them in, a, you can put them in a jar. <clears throat> I'm going to sound like um, Sam I am here in a minute. You can put them in a jar. You can, <laughs> can you tell I'm a mother of homeschooling mother? I love of... that, Sam I am. Yes, I am. No green eggs for me. <laughs> you can put them in a jar. You can put them in a jar. Um, and I bet your kids know that, right? Because I'm... Because we read to them, right? Yes. So a jar, like a mason jar, you can put them in a peat container, which is, think of a two liter bottle of soda. Mm -hmm. That plastic container is called a peat container and it's um, rated for food. So you can clean it out really, really well with hot soapy water, let it dry. And then you can fill that up because you're looking for the lid of whatever container you're using. Make sure it has a little rubber gasket around the rim of the inside of the lid. Because okay. when you put that food in, it'll seal down um. and you'll have fresh food. 
So you can put them in a jar, a, a peak container of some sort. You just look on the bottle, bottom and see a little triangle with a one in it. That's what you're looking for. You can put them in jars that, that were pasta jars, for instance, clean out your Classico containers or whatever, Great. and you can reuse those jars. You can also put them in Mylar bags. So those are these um, silver bags and they're thick trying to think like a lot of times you'll get like crackers in a little silver bag that's inside the box when okay. you pop it open yep. that's a real thin mylar bag but it's essentially the same thing you you can get a bigger bigger or uh, a thicker um thicker one I think I was on a roll there for a minute and then it just, <laughs> we just bigger lost it. and thicker what's well, wrong with it it's right in it feels there are no filters <laughs> <laughs> you you're already like, like you're above me like you could say it's like i you could make up words and i'm like yeah that makes sense like i wouldn't know like, <laughs> but then all your millions of followers are going that girl's a fraud and patrick has no idea what he's talking about why are we watching it <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know and then i would go get what i would go to the store and i'd right. be like well this woman i, I know i follow her <laughs> right i need a mylar bag where do i get those you get them online so um <laughs> <laughs> she's just talking she's just talking if you have big a lot of like I I bought a 50 pound bag of rice and so I put it in a big giant mylar bag inside of a five gallon bucket for instance and then um seal it up that way okay so those those are there's lots of different and then there's variations on the theme it basically like different jars and and you can do regular mason jars like I said just different thing in different sizes but before you seal it all up you need to buy what's called an oxygen absorber and you put that in the top of your um you put that in the top of your jar wipe your rim before you screw screw the lid on and what the oxygen absorber actually does is it fills the space inside the jar with nitrogen and pushes out the oxygen before the lid seals down clamps down okay so i'm gonna ask so is this a real thing or are you just like messing i just me? did 25 <laughs> pounds of popcorn today because i'm waiting i'm waiting for the i'm gonna see how this how far i can tell this guy it'll be like patrick you can only get it exclusively at wendybergen.com for 99.99 everybody can do it <laughs> spirits taking over um oh, so i never heard about this so do you have to do it to each each bottle um yeah in fact i'm gonna have one of my kids bring me one of my i'm just gonna text them um yeah you just you fill up whatever mm -hmm. container you have okay and you put that oxygen absorber in and put that that lid as long as it has a gasket on the inside of the lid screw it mm -hmm. down and that grain rice beans cereal whatever <clears throat> pasta it'll be preserved and if you keep it in a cool dry and dark environment it will last around 20 years oh my god so and I, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong here. My understanding was, especially in the shutdown with everything with COVID, especially mm -hmm. in 2020, like people really got into this more than before, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I had friends who were like, we can't find any jars anywhere because they're just mm -hmm. all gone. Not in baking, right? Yeah. Are you seeing that still that the popularity has continued to increase? Yeah, the popularity, uh, I think the popularity is increasing, but I don't necessarily think it's... Um... 
I saw I saw a meme that said something like this was back in, you know, the COVID, you know, the early COVID stages or maybe in the, the first six months or something. And it was something like, you know, basically I was given an opportunity to, you know, be in my home and sit still and process through my feelings. But heck no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to learn how to make bread. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that. And that's kind of what happened is that people didn't really know what to do with themselves. Yes. And they were home. They were they, There were food shortages, right? So people mm-hmm. started gardening. They needed to preserve their food because we were having all these supply issues. Right. Um, and so then that's and that's what began to happen as people started to move into kind of these homesteading skills. Right. And I've been seeing and hearing much more desire of people since actually COVID took over, you know, happened of this inspiration I see in people like we really mm-hmm. want to do this. We want the homestead, whereas, you know, previously I, I rarely would have heard that term in my experience. Yeah. But now it's it's not only occurring more but i'm actually seeing people do it and how much joy they get out mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and this fulfillment it's it's very inspiring to see it, it you know it's really fun i i'm moved to florida a year ago and i'm still learning how to plant things and grow things down here but i'm learning a lot um and i have a mentor who's been helping me but i planted some broccoli and brussels sprouts which i never had any luck with in new jersey and i went out the other day and there's this little tiny baby broccoli and i was like oh my gosh there's a little baby broccoli and i'm so happy baby vegetables are the cutest I haven't like during the COVID, you know, I was, I remember I was, you know, everything was shut down. I was like, I, you know, you, you have a little, you know, a few come to Jesus meetings about your life and I'm like, okay, I need some hobbies. And I remember right. I went, <laughs> like, and this is before I had Friday Night Feels, you know, cause that was born out of that a little bit. Um, and I had, I went to Michael's and um, okay. I spent an hour and a half walking around Michael's and I couldn't find anything that I, I like, I don't like kits and, and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't need a spaceship in my house. Like I have a dog who's going to eat it. Right. So then uh, all of a sudden I heard of these, um, what are the hydroponics? Like the hydroponics, hydroponics, where it's, you know, you, you buy it and it's the lamp of the water and you can buy it. And so uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And okay. so I started, I don't remember what I, I don't even remember what I grew. I think it was like herbs or something. I don't know, but it was mm-hmm. the most exciting thing. I'm like, I didn't kill it. I'm growing. I'm a farmer. <laughs> Just like I win. Tiny little thing, and I'm just like, it's okay. no one else got it, but I got it. So I, I got get it. your joy in your broccoli. Yeah, and, and it's the rejoice, <laughs> the joyful prepper, the joyful right. farmer. Yes. Whatever those things are, like, you're like, I did this thing. And I have a podcast episode called Do It Awkward. And just talk about the fact that you got to go in and just start doing things. And, right. you know, um, whatever it is, whether it's gardening, like this last year, learning to garden in Florida, it's a completely different beast. Raising animals down here is a completely different thing because there are beasts down here, a little different than New Jersey. And they're vicious down here. I've seen pictures. I'm sorry, you can keep like. (laughs) No, I'm not talking even about alligators. I'm talking about like hawks and foxes. And we had a wild boar pig the first week we lived here. I'm like, what the heck? What's this with the wild boar pig? I, I, 
I feel like you have the energy where they they would come in like maybe a little aggressive or whatever, and then they would like meet you, and they'd be yeah. like, "Okay, I'm home." Like I feel like you have that vibe, like the animal speaker. <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay, now we have a board." Like I don't know. Like I feel like I am that not was just Snow like, White. I am go not with the Snow story. White. I'm not Snow White. <laughs> little birds or Cinderella. I'm not that girl. <laughs> but it, it's it's interesting because you know with that you know when you're talking about that broccoli to some people they might seem that that's strange but it's like when when I see people when they're planting or you know something different there's it, it connects to this part of your spirit I feel like this mm-hmm. is this is a natural this is you know mm-hmm. we're supposed to be like healers and we're supposed to like grow things yes. in different ways but in our mm-hmm. world you know with like I don't I don't have a spot right now um where I could garden outside but I right. could have this little thing on a, a table 100 percent, yeah and every day it was just like oh my gosh the light would come on I would water and it was just it, it was just healing during a time where there was so much chaos it brought you hope <clears throat> yes yes there, there was hope that this thing was going to do what it's supposed to do like you've been told that this is what it's going to create and it did what it was. It fulfilled the measure of its creation. Right. Right. right? It, 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 yeah. It was just amazing. It's just and, amazing. And that's kind of, you know, back to my business and why I think that uh, another aspect of being a joyful prepper is that I, I practice the three, I'm working on the first one personally myself, but the three principles of self-reliance, the pattern is number one, you take care of yourself first. And I know you specialize in that as far as, you know, counseling other people. And I'm learning how to do that for myself because that wasn't really modeled for me. And in the world, it's not really modeled that you take care of yourself. And, and we're not even talking about spa trips and pedicures. I'm not talking about that. How, you know, how do we, and especially as women, how do we take care of ourselves? It doesn't really matter if it's a man or a woman, honestly, there's a book by Greg McEwen. It's either effortless or essentialism. I can't remember which one, but he talks about protecting the asset Mm. and that you are the asset. I am the asset. Each one of us is the asset. And if the asset is compromised by lack of sleep, poor health, stress, whatever, then we can't do what we were put on earth to do to fulfill the measure of our creation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right yes 100%. And, so, and and we have so much stress and we have all these things and um you know there I, I have a mentor who taught me about productivity I mean creativity and consumption you know we're we're such consumers but joy comes from creation from production and that's why I love to do the things that I do when I get I'm learning to turn myself when I get a little depressed or a little inward or I want to I want to do something usually my response my coping mechanisms are you know eating and binge watching Hallmark movies I'll just say that (laughs) wait are you a Christmas person I just have to ask well I I will I we yeah yeah I'm a Christmas person like I celebrate Christmas but I'm actually not a big fan of Christmas it's a hard holiday for me oh okay well I can't I get, get into all Hallmark, the I feel, Right, I just feel like it just merges, like Hallmark. Yeah. Then it becomes like, so I didn't know if we were, okay. Yeah, it's mostly okay. just Hallmark in general. It's not, I mean, I watch okay. the Christmas movies. They don't really talk about, you know, Stuff, yeah. Jesus or anything like that. So 
Well, I, yeah, I need my, I a hundred percent. I, um, I definitely have my light, like at the end of a busy week, someone's like, Oh, have you watched this movie? Like something in like, uh, I don't know, serial killer. I'm like, no, I'm like food, like great British baking show. Like, give me the cakes. (laughs) Give me the cakes. Um, give me something where it's joyful and just like, uh, just let my brain not think anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, um, so that's kind of my coping. And so I'm trying to, um, take better care of myself by not going to, I'm not perfect, but I started realizing, wait a minute. I like, I like to do these things. I like to can, I like to dry pack can. I like to make natural remedies. I love dinking around in the kitchen, learning to make my own medicines, my own elderberry syrup and different things like that. That's creative and fun and productive. And it broadens my knowledge as well as serves other people. Right. Right. Can we, can we talk about some of the medicinal parts too? Is yeah, that, absolutely. It's, okay. So, um, and it was funny that you mentioned elderberry. I had never heard of that until oh. COVID happened. Oh. And I don't know why, I don't know if that, but uh, so what part of that, I don't know, like jump in, like, <laughs> what do you do? Go. Like, just go, you're on. Stop talking. <laughs> Topic, Go. <laughs> It's like taboo. You have the buzzer. Go. <laughs> we're like we're like soul siblings here, I think. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, so I my I I love I just love nature. I love creating from nature and how to me God gave us all the things that we need if we would choose to take care of ourselves. And so it was actually my mom who um was always kind of interested in natural ways of healing um, because she doesn't take medicine well. Medicine just really messes her up. And so she's had to learn how to use other, like she drinks um, hibiscus tea to help lower her um, heart rate, not heart rate, heart, blood pressure. That's the one. Eventually I get there. So that's one of the ways that she takes care of herself. And she, she's the one who um, introduced me to making my own tinctures. So tincture is just some sort of um, plant material that is um, soaked in alcohol, typically vodka. And the vodka pulls the medicinal properties out of the plant and after, you know, a few weeks and then you strain it and then you have this this vodka, which is infused with, you know, whatever it is. One of my favorites is um, Slippery Elm. That's one of my most favorites because it's really good for the gut. Okay. It helps with leaky gut. It helps with heartburn, any kind of indigestion. I took some right before I got on here because I was nervous. You know, that kind of, I'm like, a few little squirts. And pandemonium takes over. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like a half a teaspoon. So it's nothing exciting. <laughs> but it works. It makes yeah, it, it helps okay. you feel better, you know. So that's one of my favorites. But right. I, you know, I do a lot of tincturing. Um so that's an easy way to take medicines. I um the slippery el- um elderberry. So elderberry is known for its help with immune health. 
Um, I use them. I actually have an elderberry syrup kit that you can buy and I'll ship to you and you can brew it yourself. For $99.99. For $99.99. For tonight, minus... sorry. I'm getting like infomercials from the 90s. I don't know why. I'm... Anyway. Okay, so minus... you have this kit. Yeah. Okay. So I have a little kit. I don't think I have one in here, but it has dried elderberries, dried elderflowers because they have different medicinal um, properties, um, cloves, cinnamon, and ginger. Okay. They're all dried. And then you just brew it. There's instructions on how to brew it yourself and you add honey. And um, when you're, when you're done brewing it, and then, um, and then if you want to add a little bit of brandy, just for the the fun of it and a little bit more preservation um, and store it in your in your fridge and take like a teaspoon a day tablespoon a day when you're feeling well as a preventive right. and then if you get sick about you know well we kind of um, take a little bit more than we should but um, like quarter of a quarter of a cup um, every hour or so is your and to say. help you feel better yeah okay is have you seen it's just interesting because i i had never heard of it before and then when COVID have all of a sudden there were like gummies everywhere yeah. have you did you notice that yourself or yeah in fact um i i had been i hadn't been making the kits but i had been teaching classes on elderberry syrup i had made a, i've been making my mom taught me that too making elderberry syrup for years and years and then someone said something about doing a kit and i was like what? Okay. So I made this kit, you know, using my recipe and that, I think that February, March, I think I made like $2,000 selling oh like it was berserk. It was absolutely berserk. And why hadn't we heard, I mean, why did it become popular? Do you know? Because people were looking for, because they're there was no vaccination. There was right. no remedy for, for COVID. Right. Um, and so people were looking for ways to protect themselves, to stay healthy, to, to do something because there was just no information about what this thing really, really was. Right. And so people were probably relying on, uh, Oh, I, you know, elderberry syrup, this or elderberries that. And so it probably just was word of mouth and off it ran. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I and I always love learning stuff about that. What I I'm always cautious with myself because I know I can not fall up into things. But oh, here's the new here's yeah. the new vitamin here. So I'm always just cautious of like, is this actually helpful? But I mean, it's and it's still around. Like, I mean, oh, at yeah. least what I see in my area, like um, more conversations about elderberry. It's just it's really interesting. I I hadn't thought about that until you. Yeah, and and elderberry has other benefits as well. Um, I think um, I read it's a diuretic. Um, it helps with di diabetes. They've done some studies with that. Um, I can't remember all. There's like ten different known, you know, health components to right. elderberry itself, um, because I think it has. Um, some really long word with an I-N at the end that means it has antioxidants. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, evidence by science. <laughs> You've heard it now on Friday Night Feels, which no, we are not talking That word. That word. <laughs> but that's in it. So when you're talking about your business, um, can you, what's the umbrella of what that looks like? Because like, I, I would try one of those kits and make it like, so what, what does that look like? You, you mentioned um, a Facebook group. Can we just. Yeah. So um, my Facebook group, it's a free Facebook group and it's called uh, joyfully prepared. 
Okay. Very simple. And you can go to www.joyfulprepgroup.com to make it easy just to log into the the group that way or find it. And um, so that's just where we discuss different things. Um, today, I asked a question like, what's your biggest, single biggest struggle in prepping? And so a lot of different answers like organization, finding food that's not so flipping expensive, mm-hmm. you know, bulk, that type of thing. So um, like yeah, rotation of food. So my my business, and then I have a, me- a paid membership where people have kind of like one-on-one access with to me where I'm in the group and I'm showing them things that I don't share with other people so that Mm -hmm. because it's that um but my my goal is to teach the the pattern of self-reliance so we talked about caring for yourself second is to care for your family and the third is to go out and care for your community because once the whole idea is that um if you're prepared you don't have the fear um we just had a hurricane come through here Mm -hmm. the week before not this last one but nicole And my husband was out of town attending to a family emergency. So it was just me and and I think three of the kids were home. I don't know. And I remember, I remember waking up Wednesday morning. It was just ominous. And I thought, am I, I'm, I think I'm supposed to be scared. Like I, I tried Uh, to make myself be scared, but I couldn't do it because I was, I was so prepared. I can't control what the winds and the storm do but I could control what was on going on inside my home. I had plenty of food. I have plenty alternate sources of cooking. We don't need to worry about heating down here. Right. Um, we have a, a whole house generator. So did I lose? Can you hear me? Yes, perfectly. Okay. Sorry. I thought something went funky with my, my earphones. Um, and so everything was tidy. The only thing I didn't have done was there's this huge giant oak tree right behind my house. And I just prayed that nothing would happen until I could get it taken down. And <laughs> thankfully, I, it, I God heard my prayers. And then I had it taken <laughs> down on Saturday. And guess what? When he felled that tree, when he felled that tree, it took all day, two days, actually. Wow. And he cut the final part off at the bottom to leave, you know, the stump that tree was rotted out all the way three feet into the ground. Oh my gosh. So it was a miracle that that tree didn't fall. It took a long time for that tree to, to rot out like that. But those are things now I took care of, you know what I mean? Now I'm not going to have that worry on my mind anymore that something like that can happen. But the, the, my point is too, when you're prepared, you can go out and serve other people. That is, that really is my ultimate message is that when you are confident to the best of your ability, your family is safe, you're well cared for, then you can go up and go out and lift the poor and the needy and and take care of them as well. Great, great. And and then, like you said, the circle of life, then you get to pay it forward. Yeah, you do, because you're (laughs) so blessed and you live in abundance and you know how to use the things that you have. You, you, you've, you've stored this grain, you know how to cook beans, you know how to make bread, you know how to can food, whatever. Um, when Hurricane Ian blew through here, it just how happened to be the time when most of the avocados are ripe in Florida. Mm-hmm. So there were hundreds and thousands of free avocados <laughs> everywhere. 
So how did you, what did you do with those? Cause I so, love avocados. So what did you do with those? So what I did is um, a friend of ours gave, said, here, take as many as you want. We got like 50 and we let them ripen. And then we cut them up and put them in the freezer to start with. You can freeze avocados, okay. guacamole. So that's just, that's the easy one. But I actually have a freeze dryer. And so I cut them up smaller and I put them in the freeze dryer and then I dry pack can them. Well, of course. I mean, what else would you do? I mean, so, so how do you, I have to ask this because it's so, it's just so different than like how I was, you know, so how do your kids incorporate this in, in their lives? Um, <clears throat> well, my son who lives on his own up in Virginia, especially during the COVID months or whatever, <clears throat> he, you know, he's like, okay, mom, I got this, 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 and this. He knew what to get for himself. He's a very okay. picky eater, okay. but he knew what he wanted. And so he just stocked up on all those things and plenty of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> we did not have a Natural. problem with toilet paper. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I know. Mama, Every time I see toilet paper, I always like, mm, really, people? Anyway. Right? <laughs> no, I'm, I don't want to be without, so I, I make double sure. But, um, but the other ones live with me, but for the most part... Um, so they're not really the the son. He's the one who's doing the things. Okay. Um, but uh, and and I see certain things happening, and it takes a minute for them to go. Oh wait a minute! I know how to do this. Or they'll call. Me, he'll call me and say, "How do you do this?" Or "How? What do you think about that?" So they're starting to piece things together. Like, oh, that's why mom did what she did. That type right. of thing. And it, it must be really powerful as a parent to see that where it's it's not only, um, you know, the the scientific, like, okay, this is how we do it. This is, you know, the process. Mm-hmm. But it's also that intuitive piece of it's, you know, I was taught this in love of how yeah. to do nutritionist, nutritional healing food for myself and my loved one I mean that that that's a powerhouse combination right there thank you yeah I I I hope my 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 children feel that way (laughs) well I I, (laughs) well I can tell you know there is um I've been to uh in when I was in junior and high school I went this mission trip to Nicaragua and it just it really changed my life and and I have friends and family you know friend I consider them family after all these years and they have um they do a lot of rice and beans Mm -hmm. and they have this I can't remember the name of it but it's 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 basically you take vinegar and you do um I believe it's pickling with Mm -hmm. um carrots Mm -hmm. they use jalapenos but that's Mm -hmm. too hot for me so I do a mild one um Mm -hmm. And then carrot, celery, a little bit of sugar. You boil that, right? And then you put in the vinegar. Yeah. And I remember I was at a friend of mine who does all of this stuff. I'm like, so does this sound right? And she's like, well, you know, and she was guiding me on it. But I remember when I had the jar and, you know, I let it sit and then I ate it. And it it tasted exactly the way that it was supposed to. Oh wow! I was like, oh my god! Just like the little plant, I'm like, look at me! Look at a pickle, me. you know. And my friends like <laughs> a mini factory of like tomato sauce and everything every year, and I'm like, yeah. look at my one jar. That's yeah, cool. that's awesome. <laughs> it, 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 it is was so fun, and it's so wonderful. And that that's, I <clears> think that's the other piece for me is that I'm going to celebrate whatever you do. I don't care if your sprout gets this high. Next year, you'll get it a little bit higher. You right. know what I mean? Right. And I don't care if it's one jar. I don't care if it's a half a jar. 
the fact that you're doing it awkward, that you're trying something, that's more important than than hitting it out of the park the first time, as far as I'm concerned. Now, it, you may not know this, but is it, I guess one of my questions that I was thinking as you were talking, it, is doing this is pretty, I, I don't even know how to phrase the question, is it's part of our history, isn't it? I, I mean, oh, isn't yeah. this what people historically would do? Oh, yeah, they had to. Food? How else were they going to get through the winter? Right. It, you know, my mom grew up in Idaho on a little farm. She's the youngest of nine, not wealthy people at all. They were farmers <laughs> and they canned all summer long to put everything down in the root cellar so that they could survive throughout the winter. Okay. Yeah, we had and then had convenience to. came in where people just got used to going to the store and buying it, right? But yeah. there's, there's what I've known, not even just about canning, like prepared foods. There's a lot of stuff in there that isn't good for us. Oh yeah, that, you know, a lot of preservatives and and mm-hmm. things. Like I, I remember when I was learning more about um, this was years ago about uh, all the different terms that companies use for sugar. So mm-hmm. someone is buying something thinking, okay, I need to watch my sugar. And it doesn't say sugar, but it has one of the 25 other forms. Right. right. So they're, they're like, why am I not getting any better? Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, then that's one of the best reasons to do your own food preservation is because you get to pick the quality of the food that goes into your jars, you get to pick the ingredients that goes into your jars. And um, my my husband grew up in South Jersey and his grandparents actually were tomato farmers. And he oh, wow. would go, um, they would take their, <clears throat> their um, harvest into Philadelphia because that's how close we live to Philly to the produce market. And he would watch, I think he said he went to a tomato sauce company or something like that that would manufacture tomato sauce and so these farmers would just come bring their harvest didn't matter if there were rotten ones it didn't matter if they were green ones ripe ones everything went into the same pot and and squeezed out tomato sauce oh my gosh and so that still happens today and so when you buy tomatoes or when you grow tomatoes you get to wash them, check them out to make sure there's no bugs in them or their little rotten spots, whatever it is. You get to take out more seeds or however you want to process them yourself and then put them in the jar and you know that they're they're safe because you took good care of them. Right, right. And what a loving, beautiful way. And it's interesting, you know, I, I was, um, when you're talking about one of the things that went with intention too is that I try to be mindful of is how is my mood when I'm cooking? Mm. Because like I've cooked when I'm angry and then I, until someone taught me that that anger goes into the food, like I never connected the dots. I'm like, I'm just making dinner, blah, blah, blah. And I, now when I'm more mindful, like when I'm going to the kitchen, whether it's for myself or someone else, I'm always, I'm always just checking. What is my energy? What is my emotional place? And then, cause that's going to come out. It does. It does. And, and and that's why I guess one of the reasons why I enjoy doing this by myself, it's not that I don't want my children to learn because I do, but when I'm in the kitchen creating this, it's, it's fun for me. It's doesn't, I don't have to think anymore because right. I've done it so often. I'll check times, you know, processing times, but I just know how to, how to work 
And I remember one, I don't, I, I hope this is uh, appropriate, but one morning I got up at like six o'clock in the morning to process peaches before everybody woke up. And I was sitting there peeling peaches and doing, you just doing the work and it was quiet. And all of a sudden I just felt the spirit of my grandmother come and just wow. sit and just spend time with me. Wow. And, you know, to me, that was a very special sacred moment right. that I wouldn't have experienced if I just wasn't in that place of, of enjoying myself. Right. right. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally, I relate to that. It's powerful. And it, it is. it's such a sacred, whatever your belief, it's, it's such a sacred energy too in that mm -hmm. love. Yes. And going back to, and that's why, you know, when we were talking about coming on here of one of the pieces too, of like my own mental health and emotional journey too, is mm -hmm. the role of food, which I never connected. Mm -hmm. And it's something over the last year or so that I've really been learning a lot about of, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially in the mental health and coaching world, you know, like it's all telehealth. Right. what I do. So it's long days. And I didn't mm. realize how much damage that was doing. It, um, it, not just the, the computer, but just mm. sitting. I didn't yes. realize until I started having back issues. Oh. <clears throat> and so one of the things that I always like to do is say, it's like, if I'm having a physical issue, what is the emotional or spiritual connection? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, like looking at those different things and and one of the, uh, when you're talking about self-care and putting yourself as the priority, for me, it's even been, um, you know, I had to have someone because you just get stuck in your own head as an adult, I think, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And um, I work with an amazing nutritionist who, who said, well, why don't you just baby step it, get mm -hmm. a bottle of water. Mm -hmm. And just fill it. And this is how it was. I felt like a kid, but not in a condescending way. It was yeah. like I needed someone because yeah. I, I couldn't break out of my own cycle. Right. And she said, just get the water, fill it at night, and then just have it on your desk. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Like I had a plan. I had yeah. a plan. And I think that's what what I love about everything that you're you're sharing is whether it's canning or whether it's the mindfulness or whether it's the gratitude or whether it's taking time to do something for ourselves, it's it's helping us to reconnect to our spirit and our soul mm -hmm. because the world is all about disconnection. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in so many ways that I'm not a negative, but it's like, you know, like cell phones. Like for example, if I have my cell phone in my room at night, I realize I don't sleep as well. Mm, yeah. And, it, you know, it's just like, so when I notice that I'm just going to leave it in another part of the house, I, I wake up so, it, you know, just like, okay, so these are things that I need. Right, right. Um, And, and I feel like that aligns with what you're saying, too, of like, agree. you know, the different moments of, of what you're needing and listening to that. Right. And, and, and to go along with like the skills, and, and that's what I'm trying to convey is this learning these skills is a is a form of self-love as a form of self-care because you can do something awkwardly but you know it's okay if you learn how to dry pack can something or grow a little grow a little herb that gummit it doesn't have to be anything but or little lettuce plant these all can be grown inside or learn how to can some jam so easy it doesn't have to be, and I can hold your hand and, and do this, but that act of learning something, of creating, producing, spending time, that is an act of self-care. 
Yes, hundred percent. So, how can people get a hold of you? Of, of and I'm assuming you do everything. A lot is online too for people nowadays. Yeah, right or... now most everything's online. <laughs> um, in Florida, I'm gonna I'm trying to find venues where I can do some classes, teaching, and things like that. Um, but like I said, I'm still very new here, learning my area. But as far as um, finding me online, my website is joyfullyprepared.com. That's where like all the things are. So you can um, have a little blog on there. Um, I have some, I have a container gardening course that you can find. My um, podcast episodes are all on the website. So a lot, most everything's on the website. So if you just go to joyfullyprepared.com, but like I said, I do have a free Facebook group and that is joyfulprepgroup.com on Facebook. It's called Joyfully Prepared. Okay. And then awesome. I do have a membership. So if anybody wants to to be my best friend and let me be your best friend, I love I'll that. walk you through all this. I love best friends. <laughs> hey, so before we end, my, I always love to ask, what is one piece of advice or what is one nugget that you would like one day, hopefully the millions of people listening to walk away with from our conversation tonight? Um, that... Um, <clears throat> I I really think kind of my theme in life is uh, do it awkward. I should be do it awkwardly, but that that would be correct grammar. And that would be Oh my God, yes, do it awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag, we need the hashtag because we're so hip, right? We need the hashtag on the TikTok. (laughs) TikTok. That's what the kids do. Oh my God. Um, yeah, do it awkward. Just start somewhere. It doesn't matter if you try to make bread and it turns into just a hot mess. It doesn't matter. It does just do something. Can I tell you actually what it's so funny you mentioned that and we're running yep. over. I hope that's okay. Do you know what I actually have in my kitchen right now? What I started 12 days ago? I don't. Um, I've never been there. <laughs> but we're so connected. When I know. I we should just like know. You, you should know. Um, when I was growing up, I remember I loved to bake and everything. And I remember mm-hmm. my mom, I don't even know where she got from a friend, the Amish friendship bread. Yes. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I just want to start this. So I, I put it together and I have it. So I was supposed to do it on Wednesday, but it'll probably be tonight or tomorrow. But I'm like, I, I wanted, I'm not a, I haven't gotten into breads yet because I would eat them all. It just wouldn't be pretty for any of us. But I'm like the Amish friendship bread I can handle. There you the, go. I, I love that if you haven't done it. Um, I hopefully will post on it if I can. But w- it was the coolest thing I remember being little. Like we get to make this and then it's created to share with a friend. Yes. It's like the coolest thing it ever. It is cool. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It is. It The whole purpose <laughs> is to share with other people. Yeah. yeah you're right. It's so beautiful. That's a good point. Well, Wendy, for you. Thanks. I'll keep you posted. You'll know. <laughs> well, I hope you come back sometime so we can catch up Whatever and talk you about want. all the other things. Oh, There's yeah. So I'd love to. to. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. I enjoy laughing. I'm glad somebody else likes to laugh. Yes. I need well, more. I have to tell you, I probably. Um, what is the word when you bring somebody into your, you created that person. I, I prayed to the Lord a couple weeks ago. I needed more laughter in my life. Oh, so thank up. you for well, coming into my life. Yeah. I'm glad. Cause you know, sometimes it, you know, with, with mental health, you know, sometimes it's serious, but it's so nice like to have, like, la- that's why I created the show of like some conversations are happy, you know, it's okay, but yeah. it, it's so nice. Like 
to to jump into the joy too and and yeah the deal it's way more fun and like you said it's all real I'm (laughs) I'm not a fake I'm this is who I am and this is who I want to be and I'm thankful to be a joyful person and I hope to generate more joy and and laughter you know because gosh dang there's too much heavy in the world I know well, thank you so much for coming on Friday Night Feels. I, I love it, and I hope you come back soon. And thank you to everyone who watches and supports thank the show. You. And just remember that we're, we are on the YouTube, <laughs> and we are on podcast. And if you celebrate any upcoming holidays, I hope you have a wonderful one. And if you don't, I hope you have some time off so you can rest. And we will see you again here in two weeks on Friday Night Feels. Have a good weekend, everyone. <laughs>